guys. Welcome back to another episode of Chai Spirits, guys. I am Parker, once again joined by our dear friend, friend of the show, Stephen. Hello, Parker. Great to be back with you. Happy to be here. Uh, we got a really fun episode for you today. It is all about Compass Box Whiskey. Compass Box, a master of blended scotches. Um, Steve, have you had any uh, history with the brand? I actually have not. This is going to be a first taste for me, which is Honestly, really exciting. Kind of me too. I've had a one or two of their things. I've actually never tried any of the things we have, have in front of us today, which is very exciting for me. Blind panel. No, great to get a first impression on an episode. Um, just to give you guys a little background on Compass Box. Uh, they were started back in 2000 um, when John Glazer, who was working for a UK distiller, uh, realized that there was much that hadn't been explored in the world of Scotch whiskey. An American living in London, he decided to do something refreshingly different and bring the joys of Scotch whiskey to more people in exciting new ways. At least that's what their website says. But he, he was giving a new way to blend scotches a try, from what we can tell here. Um, they have, anybody who's seen the various releases of Compass Box um, at their local store knows they do a wide variety of different things. Um, we were talking earlier about how much they love doing one-offs, things. They, they just have, it seems like a lot of fun releases. I wish I could say I've tried all of them. I haven't. That would be tough, as they seem to come out with something new every year. But and yeah, and it seems, but it seems like they're really willing to experiment, which you, I don't know that you always see in a lot of Scotch companies. Yeah, that's. I'd say Scotch is a pretty conservative industry, right? It's a very uh, traditional. Yeah, I, I feel like a lot of people would agree that that's maybe the most traditional of uh, of the spirits. Um, you know, Scotch is a very. I mean, outside of maybe. Some French, like cognacs or something. I don't know, but uh, yeah, yeah, they might compete with who can be more, who can stick their nose up a little bit higher and, than the other. Not to say we don't love lots of single malt scotches here at Tri Spirits, guys, but uh, it is cool to see a brand that's doing a lot of fun with blending. And I mean, I really feel like that's been more of a trend in some other spirits too. Like you're seeing, more, I mean, it's always been the case in rum, but you're seeing a lot more of that in bourbon the last few years, and. Uh, it's it's at least for me it's cool that there is a scotch company getting more into blending yeah bringing a little bit of modernity to yeah no that's very cool um and i did want to talk a little bit about their uh their core whiskey beliefs because it's something interesting oh, on the yeah, website these... that i that i thought was pretty cool these are cute um blending is a platform for creativity a well-made scotch whiskey blend made from excellent component whiskeys is something no single distillery can create and can rival the complexity of the very best the single malt whiskeys. A bold statement to be sure. Yeah, I would is, I would agree with that though. There's potential, but I do appreciate the fact that you are definitely giving yourself more opportunities when you go outside of a single malt. Right. Not to say now if you have the greatest single malt that ever was, maybe nothing is better than that, but I do like the idea that hey, maybe a little of this, a little of that a little more of this, all of a sudden we've hit the right blend. Uh, they also have one, uh, Good Oak Rules. So up to 70% of the flavor in mature scotch whiskey comes from the interaction of the spirit with the cask it's aged in. You can only create a great whiskey when you use great wood. Said every whiskey yeah. distiller ever. Yes, I feel like that is not a, uh, a super novel idea. That's... Yeah, it's not a profound statement by any means. 
But I, they are right, though. There's, yeah, they're not wrong. Yeah. So I think we can all agree, get a good barrel. Yeah. That's important. Good whiskeys don't need age statements. Now, that's a little more controversial. That is a controversial statement. Not to say there aren't good whiskeys in a variety of settings that uh, don't have age statements, but uh, they believe whiskey quality is determined by flavor and character, not by an age statement. There is no shorthand for quality in scotch. Age statements can be a red herring. That I agree with. Uh, fair. Like There are plenty, not just in scotch, plenty of things that have age statements that just because it's old doesn't mean it's good. Which yeah. is very true. Um, there are, however, sometimes when it's good if it's old, but I appreciate the fact that it doesn't have to be really old to be good. And it, if they're blenders, it means that they're willing to go outside of what is maybe the traditional realm in their blends. Absolutely. So I feel like there's, again, a lot of opportunity. Even the things we have in front of us here are pretty different, which we'll get into here in a little bit. Uh, just two more of these uh, core whiskey beliefs. Uh, whiskey should be bottled without chill filtering and it, at its natural color. Um, so apparently this is unique for them, not wholly unique, but um, unlike most Scotch whiskey producers, they see no reason to artificially color their whiskeys or to strip away mouthfeel by chill filtration. Uh, these are cosmetic steps that they never take. Uh, I don't know. I, I, while I don't disagree with that statement, I do feel like there's a, a decent number of other distilleries doing that. Yes, they are not unique in this. However, when it comes to big label scotch, they are almost entirely artificially colored. There is no rules or regulations when it comes to Irish whiskey or scotch whiskey when it comes to using artificial coloration. And because scotch so famously is used in used bourbon barrels traditionally, it comes out a lot lighter than one might expect. So for your 12, 15-year scotches, it is pretty much standard operating procedure to add a little bit of brown to it to make it look older. That, that is a fair point. Just looking at these samples in front of us, none of them are... Well, one of them is kind of dark, but the other two are pretty light. Yeah. But that's a good point. The more you use a barrel, the less impact it has. So obviously, they're using generally old bourbon barrels. You're not going to get quite as much influence. So that makes sense that the color is not going to be super dark. And then last for their whiskey beliefs, drink good whiskey any way you would like, no rules. Now, I've long believed that uh, there's no wrong way to drink whiskey, mostly. <laughs> yeah, I feel, for me, the, uh, the older I get, the less jaded about this I get. I, I used to be a real snob about scotch, specifically scotch, like... Yeah. One ice cube at best, and if you're using ice, it better be blended. If it's single malt, you, it needs to be neat. Ah, go with what you, uh, more along the lines of go with what you like these days. Yeah. I know how I like to drink scotch, and it mm -hmm. still pretty much follows those same rules. Splash of ginger ale, lemon twist. I'm... Yeah, it hurts like it's going <laughs> to hurt my feelings, but if that's how you want to drink it, I say live your best life. Yeah, whatever makes you happy at the end of the day. If you yeah. bought the bottle, hey, it's your bottle. Do what you like with it. If you want that Pappy 23 and Coke, I'm not here. It's not my job to tell you you're wrong. You're, but you are. Right. Incorrect. <laughs> but maybe it's a really good whiskey Coke. It's better be. Or in an old fashioned. I bet, I bet that makes a great old fashioned. 
I don't really intend to find out, but yeah. <laughs> but I bet it does. You don't want to spend a thousand dollars on an old fashioned? <laughs> Shockingly, no. But uh, we're real excited to try some of these guys yeah. in front of us here. Um, the the varieties we got now they make a lot of varieties as we talked about. What we have for us today, we I picked up the uh, the malt whiskey collection, which is a little three pack of compass box. Uh, we have the spice tree, the Spaniard, and the peat monster. Which, real excited, seem pretty different from what I can tell. So we're real excited to talk about them. And we are going to try these in just a sec. But first, just a quick word from our sponsor. All right, we're back. So what we're talking about, we're starting with the spice tree. Now, a little background. So they actually provide a lot of information on the, the various whiskeys here. So bear with me while I kind of delve deep into the compass box. Um, so apparently Spice Tree is getting discontinued, which is kind of sad since it's the first time I'm trying it. Um, unfortunately, according to them, at least, due to their avant-garde method of oak aging, they're compelled by the powers that be to discontinue production. Um, they work with uh, Cooper friends in France and Scotland, develop new hybrid oak casks. Um, but no, so they're still going. They were discontinued. For a brief moment, okay, due to the the way that they were aging their whiskey, and then they've come back and brought it back with a tweaked method that allows them to still call it Scotch. Because again, Scotland and France, the two places where you have to be extraordinarily particular about how you make your product. Good no, and then I. I love the detail on this. I was able to pull up the the fact sheet for the spice tree to give you like the breakdown of the various distilleries that have contributed to the blend here, which is pretty cool. Um, I mean, man, you have just all kinds of interesting things here. There's Kleinelish, there's Daluane, there's a Highland malt blend that's like they don't even tell you the details on. Um, there's just, just there's custom French oak involved. A variety of Highland malt blends with various, um, like a medium to heavy toasters, light to medium toasted barrels, just a lot of differences going on in the various things that are getting blended together. Like there's different, like there's 14%, 4% of this, and 17% of that, 21% of this blend. Thir the biggest blend is the 35% of the, uh, the medium to heavy toast Highland malt blend. Um, Really interesting how just how much different things go into this, which again is their whole style is they are trying a vastly different um, way of doing things with these different blends. Yeah, that is that is a lot going on. Oh, for sure. Now let's let's dive right in to see how this thing tastes. Mmm, smells like scotch. It, you know what? That was my thought exactly. Is that it smells like scotch? Mmm. Does it taste like scotch? It's got some... Hmm. Really spicy qualities. I wonder why they call it the spice tree. <laughs> you know, uh, that should not have surprised me. So <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, but like it really... 
as I look at my flavor wheel here, mm -hmm. it really hits the spice category, right? Uh, I get a little bit of clove, a little bit of cinnamon. I get that tobacco. Is it, Okay, is it just me? I get a little bit of like a corn sweetness. Really? Kind of, kind of, I do. Mixed in with that like spiciness you're talking about. And I wonder, I wonder if it's just the, the level of um, char in it or what, but I'm just getting a little bit of the... Uh, yeah, I guess I get a little bit of bourbon vibes. Yeah, just like a hint of it. It's like I get a little hint of that sweetness kind of buried in the spice. Okay. Yeah. But I do, I like, it's got a nice little richness to it. It is very mm. rich. Like if you're going out with a spice tree, you're letting it by drinks. It's rich. Yeah. You can tell our producer's not here to stop me from making these bad yeah, jokes. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Jenny would be very upset with me for for making that joke. I, I mean, I appreciate the non-chill filter. Mm -hmm. You can definitely tell it has a proper whiskey mouthfeel to it. Mm -hmm. Some scotches do lack that. They It has a long, lingering finish. No, absolutely. Good mouthfeel. I like that. A lot. There's, there's such a like a diversity of character in it. I think that's a little, and you can call me crazy. It might be a little too complex for me for a scotch. I I am I'm tasting so much at once. I don't know well, what I, so to pin down. I have an interesting school of thought on that. So I I appreciate. A, I don't want to say a simpler palate, but yeah, if I'm going to sit down and drink four or five glasses of something, I I don't mind it to be a little more straightforward about what it is, what it's doing. I love this kind of thing for like I'm having one glass to try it. Yeah, I love something that's complex and it's going to make me think. And I'm like every sip, I'm like, ooh, what am I getting there? Oh, I'm getting I'm getting this, I'm getting that. Oh, I'm getting a little bit of fruitiness on it. Oh, there's a little bit of is that a smokiness? That's some leather on the back end. Just a lot of different flavors to kind of. Uh, um, dig through and then it's like yeah I'm having my one last of it and it's like okay that was really cool on to the next thing but yeah I, I, this is not something I would probably have I mean it's I think it's good but I, I wouldn't have four glasses of this in one sitting no I don't think I could do that but yeah I will I will applaud its complexity mm -hmm. in that I could absolutely sit on a, a two fingers of this and really just go down a journey mm -hmm. no which is I, I I almost think with the wide variety of things they make maybe that's kind of the point is because I mean they do a lot of things it's like they have a one a couple of their expressions I have tried which we don't have with us today sadly um I think it's like the Menagerie I think it's called and then like one other one that came out last year they, man they're and they were both really cool but like a lot going on a, very different from each other and I'm sure the next year's ones are going to be totally different from those so I do appreciate that, like, hey, if you get a bottle of this, you're going to spend some time just being like, oh, man, this is so unique. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I'm going to have to, like, dig deep flavor-wise to really, before I, like, nail it down. And by the time I'm done, I'm on to the next one. And Which is kind of the wildly point. different. That yeah. is kind of fun. For them. Yeah, that's kind of their point. And it's really cool. That is, yeah. I, I can get on board with that. Yeah, I kind of I dig that whole idea. So our next one is uh, The Spaniard. Which, and you should check out our Instagram because I'm posting a picture of uh, 
of just and these are the mini bottles we're using, but it's similar to the actual full size bottle. The uh, the artwork is very impressive on these bottles. The yeah, the packaging is on point. Yeah, so I mean, obviously that doesn't really affect the taste, but I I appreciate good packaging um, on some of these bottles. It's pretty cool. But uh, for the Spaniard. And the name's a nod to the founder's uh, chance encounter with a man in the south of Spain where he was introduced to Sherry for the first time. Hmm. So, so, so John ran, ran into a guy in Spain who got him into Sherry and literally named one of his whiskeys after the, after the guy. The Spaniard. Also, ironically, we were just talking about this before we started recording. Uh, the, <laughs> the, uh, I'm thinking of a different movie now. Damn, darn it. I was thinking of A Princess Bride. And we're talking about the Spaniard, and but he's not actually Span. <laughs> I guess he no, I guess he is. And Diego Montoya is a Spaniard. Oh yeah, oh yeah, he's and, uh, a Spaniard, but a cell sword, which is why he's in Italy. Yeah, that makes sense. But uh, and how much we love that movie. So yeah, because it's amazing. If you can get the uh, book that Carrie Elways wrote about the filming of that movie, it's incredible. Yeah, everyone says Andre the Giant, nicest guy in the world. So. Nicest guy in the world mm-hmm. used his big old. Mitt hands to warm Robin, Robin Wright's head. Yeah. Yes, yes I, heard, I heard about that. Um, but you know, can you take his word as a Spaniard? No, no, too no, many Spaniards. Too many Spaniards, <laughs> my friend. No, I am. Whoa, have you smelled this? Oh, yeah, let's see. That is so different. That is wildly that is different. Incredibly different. This is sweet. You uh, this is blind, cereal. I would, I would say this. These were different. Completely different brands. Yeah, if not categories, I barely get scotch off the nose on this one. It's a lot, a lot softer on the nose too. Um, a lot, so much sweeter. So like, yeah, like I get like darn near cinnamon toast crunch, like cereal sweetness on the nose. Little bit of little bit of herb. Yeah, that malt just is what's dominating. Maybe a little bit of chocolate. Yeah, I get I get some malt, and then I get like some maybe baked sweetness. Mm-hmm. Well, let's let's dig in here. Yeah, this is like they're they're nod to the broad spectrum of sherry. So. Should be a lot of sherry influence, I would think. Oh yeah, I mean, you can definitely tell that sherry calms it down, for sure. I get a lot of red fruit on that. Yeah, on the palate. Yeah, immediately. Like a lot of red fruit, but it's and it's a lot softer. I don't. So, I don't think it's as complex as the first one. No. No, this is much more straightforward. Yeah, like this is something I could sit down and drink three of and yes, just get after it. But it's um, man, this is a little more my speed I think for Scotch, but underpeated. Oh, for sure. Like, um, I'm glad we did it in this order because the next the next one up, the peat monster is going to be totally. I straight. would imagine the peat monster is going to have a little more of that uh, smoky quality, I but. Must- Almost get like a little bit of rose-eatness to it. I mean, it's a little... Okay. I hate to use the word potpourri because that's... I know it's on the flavor, but I hate that as a flavor profile cause, or as a flavor note because that can be a lot of things. 
Yeah, it really depends on the season and or are you going to like Michael's mm-hmm. or Hobby Lobby for your potpourri? Because I mean, that's I, a different... I go to Michael's for mine. Um, as you should. I just love the three ninety nine candles. It's, uh, as you should. You really can't beat the price on the quantity of candle. And, per, and quality, too. They're pretty good. Um, but yeah, I get a lot of, like, I get that red fruit, like that berry fruit, and with a little bit of floral. At least that's what I'm getting. I get, now that I've had a couple of, uh, like, a couple of tastes, yeah. Yeah, and they recommend, this is pretty funny, ideal for late evening sipping, served on its own with a large ice cube or a splash of water, serve in a wine glass as a nod to the Spanish wine cask maturation. That's pretty cool. I could see that benefiting from a wine glass. It benefits from the Glen Karen. Yeah, for sure. I like that. Um, I like that. It's, it's, it's vastly gro- different. It's actually growing on me every sip. Now, like, I agree. This, the Spaniard um, is a lot... Let me try for Spice Tree. is definitely a lot softer. Uh, definitely a lot... I say a lot less complex. Yeah, I, I'm even going to go so far as to say it's more one-dimensional. It kind of knows what it is and what it wants to be. Yeah. Why can't I, like, I feel like I got two dimensions in that, whereas I got like four. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I guess maybe one-dimensional is is a bit harsh. Like, it can pass and throw, but it doesn't have any special teams. Yeah. Whereas it, the, uh, the, uh, the spice tree is, you know, it's working on all three phases of the game. Yeah. Uh, Use a lot of football analogy all of a sudden, but I... yeah, you know how much I'm <laughs> totally aware of sports ball and sports ball entertainment. But yeah, but I agree, this is a lot more straightforward. Yeah, much more of a traditional Highland, very Highland style of Scotch. Let me pull up while we're while we're talking about it. Yeah, if you the, is uh, there a spec sheet on that? I'd yeah, be very. They, curious. they have a couple different blends of this, so they do like every different every batch is like a different blend. Um, I'm not sure yeah, how many I bottles come in each blend, but love the their unique quality mm-hmm. of their style. Everything is so to you, a certain degree. Even batch to batch, this it's different. No, this doesn't tell us which batch it is because it's like a mini. Right, so, I imagine their 750s have batch yeah. numbers. Yeah, but like I'm just pulling one of these just to take a look. So it's like 15% Highland Malt Blend, 5% Glen Elgin, uh, 8.1% Deanston. I like Deanston. Um, oh, there's another, like, so there's two different Deanstons in here that equal about 15%. 40% Arbolor, which I'm a big fan of. That tracks. Um, and that's First Fill Sherry Butt Single Malt. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, so that's a real different, and then there's 25%, the, uh, the Teenitich, I'm, I'm mispronouncing it, I'm sorry. Sorry, Scotland. Um, yeah, sorry guys. But, uh, and that's 25% First Fill Red Wine Cask, so a lot of... A lot of wine influence here. A lot of wine, which, I mean, that's what they're going for. But uh, you definitely get it. And it's just so, like, night and day from the previous one. I do like the contrast. Just, Mm -hmm. I loved putting it up to my nose and immediately realizing, like, oh, still scotch, completely different spirit. Yeah. So, honestly, they're crushing it. And just in this little sampler we got um, about the... The variety that scotch can offer that maybe not everybody who's in a scotch agrees with, but, uh... Well, that's the versatility of scotch, right? Like, so many things we've talked about Mm -hmm. of, I don't like blank, like, I don't like tequila, I don't like bourbon, like, well, they can taste wildly different from each other, like, 
if I hear someone say I don't like scotch, it's like, well, what don't you like about it? Like, it's too smoky. Like, try a Highland scotch. Mm. No, for sure. And Speaking of too smoky. <laughs> Here comes the peat monster. Oh, oh Lord. Yeah. Here we go. So, normally, I am an under-peated scotch kind of guy. Um, every once in a while, I break that that tendency and I I just smelled this today might be one of those days looking at the background on this um, so it's very much a whiskey for those who love big rich smoky peaty malts um, so pretty seems pretty straightforward as far as going for something that's just real peaty uh, let's see broad spectrum of powerful coastal flavors combining the smokiness of driftwood fire with more medicinal peat notes. Um, pretty cool. And now, historically, I'm not a huge, really peaty scotch. Like, I'm on record as not being a huge Laphroaig fan because it's just a little too peaty for me. There are peaty scotches I like. Like, I like Kalila. Uh, I like Laphroaig. Not I like Laphroaig. Um, not Laphroaig, I'm sorry. But, like, yeah, Laphroaig is a little too peaty for me generally. Um, but there are a few that I like. Let's see how this compares. This one's gonna be. This one's gonna have just, some peat for you. I just got the nose. Good yeah. lord. I don't think it gets more peaty than that. Although uh, with the name the peat monster, like I don't know what I was expecting. Woo. Yeah, that is. Um, no, it's the smokiness. Actually, doesn't bother me on this. In this case. It's kind of a clean smoke. Yeah, it hits harder, I think, on the nose than it does the palate. Yeah, because there's um, there's smoky things I've had that kind of have like that campfire kind of smoke feel to it. This is not that. This it doesn't feel like I'm gonna. It doesn't feel like I'm gonna chew on soot mm-hmm. or charcoal. It's got kind of a creaminess to it. Yeah, that I wasn't expecting. Non chill filtered. There you go. Goes a long way. Let me try to dig into the flavors here. I mean, I definitely get some of the uh, the obvious smokiness. Is it, is it like a cedar? I don't know. I don't really have a good um, frame of reference for cedar versus pine. This would be more of a piney smoke. Okay. It kind of reminds me of... Um, Producer Jenny likes to make some of the occasional cocktails with some smokiness, like where we smoke the glass. Mm. And uh, this reminds me a little of that. But again, it's not. It's like a clean version of it, though. It's like, like you said, like there's no soot involved. Um, and I think that comes from that mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. And man, I something tells me a full bottle of this would be expensive. But like, I would love to cocktail with this. I wonder if they have. Oh, they actually. Um, looking at the spec sheet here, a fantastic late night whiskey that also works beautifully in a classic Scotch whiskey highball. Yeah. Which I can totally see. This. It's it is. When, they, when you say classic scotch whiskey, my brain and what this smells like make a match. Like, if you were to ask me, what does scotch smell like? I would say this. Yeah, no, that is... Man. For a high, for a heavy peat, I really like this. Yeah, I actually don't mind it. And like, like I said... That's I, surprising I, from you. I know, I generally don't like the style. But it's, it's something about the, cl- the clean crispness of the smokiness. Am I getting like a little bit of tobacco? I don't even know. Yeah. More like an earthiness to it, I suppose. 
I'm looking for fruits and not finding them. Usually with yeah. scotch, you can find some kind of fruity note, and it's not. They talk about like there's fruity character on the palate in the um, spec sheet here, but yeah, I'm having a hard time with it. Like I was look, I looked, <laughs> I double checked. I mean, maybe like some sort of dried fruit in the like the way background. Maybe dis like a distant apricot fig bit. As is traditional with scotch, but no, I get much more grain, I get much more wheat. Yeah, and I get some of that earthiness. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and coffee, tobacco, leather, those those things yeah. are coming to mind. No, for sure. The back seat of grandma's car, she smoked a carton a week. Like. <laughs> yeah, that is... Uh, <laughs> uh, let me look at the blend here. Oh, well, speaking of the scotches I do like, although actually there's a scotch I do like. So, this is 35% Laphroaig. At... No shit. But it's also, um, four, so there's a combination of different styles of it, but 14, 17, about 18% Calila, which I like. Um, oh, no, another, okay, now I, I, now I went to the bottom. It's actually another 46% added to that. So 50, like 60% Calila, which is the one that I love of, yeah. of that category. So it's a, a lot. So it's a 60-40 something you really love and yeah. Laphroaig, yeah. which is not really your style. Yeah, Come together be, for something that it's like you can drive. Pretty good. Yeah. So yeah. That's, that's pretty funny that it's um, a varied combination of the <laughs> the peated scotch I liked versus the <laughs> one I don't like to find a happy medium where, you know what? I like this about 65%. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds, it's a, that sounds about right. No, I actually, I actually surprisingly like this as well. It's, this was a nice treat. Capstone, if you will. No, absolutely. I'm glad we went third with this. Yeah. Actually you never want to start. This is the first one in the three in the package here, but it's like, yeah, I don't want to start with the really peaty one. But I, I, I do agree, this would be great in a scotch cocktail. I also appreciate their lack of age statements because as a naive human, and I, I shouldn't say that, I even know better, but I would look at the color of this scotch and say, that might be too young. Yeah, um, um, but for, tasting it... For our listeners, it is by far the lightest of the three. It's dang near clear. But it, does, it certainly doesn't taste that way. No. And given the blend of what's happening here, and there's so many... I mean, it's literally one, two, three, four, five, six different things blended together. Um, like Laphroaig, it's got a smoke maritime character, which is a great note for something. Yeah. I uh, Yeah. Versus like the... Fr- a, there's a clean smoke... So part of the cause they refer is a clean smoke, which I am dead on with. I love. Yeah, that. I would agree with that statement. And then there's a sweet smoke, which I kind of like, as for the one that's forty six percent, which I kind of get that too. A little, I get a little bit of that sweetness, um, not a lot, but I definitely get a little bit of it, and uh, that's really cool. Uh, honestly, you guys should check out if you're interested in, in Compass Box. Um, Check out their website. They have some really cool things in there to get the detail of the different scotches they make. I recommend it. And really I, just recommend just yeah, diving into some Compass Box scotch. I, I would recommend this, if you can find this three-pack, this gift set, um, it would be a great way to delve into... Because I am I know these bottles are expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a really good way to try three drastically different blends from them and get an idea of where you want to start because from what i've gathered with just these three is these people are making a ton of different flavors 
Yeah, and then they also make some like their basic blended scotch, the um, the artistry. Oh, is that their like flagship? Yeah, and that's like the affordable. I almost bought one for this podcast like episode, and I kind of regret not doing it. Um, but yeah, that is their um, their kind of flagship one. You get back to the yeah the artist blend, and they have a Glasgow blend as well. But the artist blend is like their flagship one. That's like like thirty five bucks for a bottle. Oh of it. wow, that's very reasonable. Maybe forty, and it's really good. And as far as blended scotches go, if you're looking for like a good above average blended scotch. It's an awesome place to go because these guys, that's their, that's what started it. This is their... And and I have to say, they're succeeding. Like, I, I love that a brand can come out here and say blended is not a bad word when it comes yeah. to scotch. Absolutely. That's, that's a, a misnomer, a misconception mm-hmm. of the industries. Blended doesn't mean bad. It just means blended. Well, and especially if you're newer to the game and... Why wouldn't you? I mean, there's so many scotch distilleries that have been around forever. And it's like, hey, if they've, you know, and we did a previous episode on uh, Balvenie that, and we love that scotch. It's fantastic. And you know what? Like, that 17-year Balvenie, like, don't change a thing. You guys are crushing it. But if you've only been around for, you know, 10, 15 years, why not try to do some blending? Right. Because obviously you're not going to have that history or any of that stuff. Like, hey, try something different. Like, there's nothing wrong with, obviously, Belvedere. We love Belvedere. We love a lot of um, older single malt scotches. You guys have your corner of the, of the playground. Like, it doesn't mean that somebody else can't come up with something else that's also good, but in a different way, um, that can be interesting and enjoyable for people to try. You couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, we're, we're all about innovation here yeah. at, uh, at Chai Spirits, guys. So. Hey, if you're not growing, you're dying. That's there ain't no third direction. Yeah. Ain't first or last. Wait, wait a second. There's second, third, even fourth. <laughs> I don't know what I meant when I said that. I was high. <laughs> oh, but, man. But, yeah, no, we, I I enjoy this. I hadn't tried these, and I'm glad I did. What's your favorite of the three? This is a shock to me. It's the the Pete Monster. Wow. Um, you know, I'm not surprised you like that one. It is very good. It's got 60% of one of my favorite peated scotches, so I get it. I think my favorite, um, you know, might be the Spice Tree, actually. Uh, and I agree, we talked about it, like, I wouldn't want to drink a bunch of it at one time, but I just really respected the complexity of it. And uh, I'm kind of, I think I'm going to revisit this after we're done recording. Just, just Yeah, I might, uh, might have to join there. you for yeah. that, just to, you know. <laughs> for scientific purposes, of course. Education is important. Knowledge is power. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, so go out there, try try some Compass Box. We did and we loved it. And uh, thanks so much for joining us, guys. We got a lot of fun episodes on the horizon. Um, again, as always, like, subscribe, give us the five-star ratings if you're on Apple. Um, we're, we're all over the place podcast-wise, so please find it. Listen to us wherever is convenient for you. Tell your friends. Uh, check us out on Instagram. At, uh, at Shy Spirits, guys. And please, 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 if you have fun ideas for podcast episodes, I heard a great one just the other day. Um, feel free to email us at uh, chispiritsguys at gmail.com. We might use your idea. And if we do, we will shout you out, let you know that you were the genius behind this great new episode we did. Um, and that goes for you too, Steve. Please feel free. If you got great ideas for podcasts, let me know. Oh, I'll slip into your DMs. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. Cheers.